0: God, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Friends, as we embark on this prayer of an journey together, may we experience more of God. May this time where we pray for one another and for our church and for our community be a time that we experience the presence of the risen Lord Jesus. As we make our trip around our beloved city. May we sense God's very presence in our midst so that we can love one another more and love our community more. Let's begin this prayer van together. When the disciples asked Jesus how they should pray, he responded saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. The prayer begins by calling out God's majesty, by calling out God's glory, by calling out God's holiness. St. Augustine commented this way. He said, we have a father in heaven. Let us now hear what we must ask of him of such a father, what shall we ask? Do we not ask rain of him today and yesterday and the day before? This is no great thing to have asked of such a father. And yet we see with what signs and with what great desire we ask for rain when death is feared. When that is feared, which none can escape. For sooner or later every man must die, and we groan and we pray, and travail in pain, and cry to God that we may die a little later. How much more ought we to cry to him, that we may come to that place where we shall never die? Therefore it is said, Hallowed be thy name. This we also ask of him, that his name may be hallowed in us. For holy is it always. And how is his name hallowed in us, except while it makes us holy? For once we were not holy, and we are made holy by his name. But he is always holy, and his name is always holy. It is for ourselves, not for God, that we pray. For we do not wish well to God, to whom no ill can ever happen. But we wish what is good for ourselves, that his holy name may be hallowed that that which is always holy may be hallowed in us. When we pray, our prayer is that God would be made real in us, that the holiness of God would be given to us, that we would experience righteousness and grace and wholeness that only comes from our loving Father
1: What is man that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth.
0: Now take a moment to reflect upon God's majesty, God's holiness, God's grace, and pray amongst yourselves uh, there in the vehicle where you are that God's holiness and his righteousness and his grace would be given to one another.
2: All creatures of our God and King Lift up your voice and with us sing Alleluia, Alleluia Sun with golden bee, thou silver moon with softer glee. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. alleluia, alleluia. Wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along, oh sing, ye Alleluia! Thou rising morning, praise, rejoice, ye lights of evening, find a voice, Alleluia! Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thou flowing water, pure and clear, make music for thy Lord to hear.
0: second phrase of the Lord's Prayer, it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second line is both an acknowledgement of God's power and putting our sure hope and trust in his ability to do it, but it's also choosing a place of submission to what God's will for our lives will be. At the beginning of the 5th century, John Chrysostom wrote these words it says this is the language of a right-minded child, not to be riveted to things that are seen, neither to account things present some great matter, but to hasten unto our Father and to long for the things to come and this springs out of a good conscience and a soul set free from things that are on earth. This for instance, Paul himself was longing after every day, wherefore he also said that even we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan, waiting for an adoption, the redemption of our body. For he who has this fondness can neither be puffed up by the good things of this life, nor abashed by its sorrows, but as though dwelling in the very heavens is freed from each sort of irregularity. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." behold a most excellent train of thought in that he bade us indeed long for the things to come and hasten toward that sojourn until that may be even while we abide here so long to be earnest in showing forth the same conversation as those above for you must long says he for heaven and the things in heaven However, even before heaven, he has bid us make the earth a heaven and do and say all things, even while we are continuing in it, as having our conversation there, insomuch as these two should be objects of our prayer to the Lord. For there is nothing to hinder our reaching the perfection of the powers above, because we inhabit the earth. But it is possible, even while abiding here, to do all as though already placed on high, What he says, therefore, is this, as there are all things, as as there all things are done without hindrance, and the angels are not partly obedient and partly disobedient, but in all things yield and obey, so that we men may not do your will by halves, but perform all things as you will. Do you see how he's taught us also to be modest by making it clear that virtue is not of our endeavors only, but also of the grace from above? And again, he has enjoined each one of us who pray to take upon himself the care of the whole world. For he did not not at all say, your will be done in me or in us, but everywhere on the earth, so that error may be destroyed and truth implanted and all wickedness cast out and virtue return, and no difference in this respect be henceforth between heaven and earth. For if this come to pass, says he, there will be no difference between things below and above, separate as they are in nature, the earth exhibiting to us another set of angels. As Methodists, we are firm believers in the doctrine of entire sanctification, that God is, can make us perfect in this life, that we can perfectly love God and perfectly love our neighbor. And when we are praying for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's not just some sort of big umbrella uh, corporate prayer, but it's also that in us, we would experience the life of heaven. But it's not just for in us, it is also that, that large corporate prayer, that because of what God is doing in us, it would transform our very community so that it would look a lot like heaven.
1: Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From the heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you.
0: Now take a moment and reflect with one another what it would look like for Columbus to look more like heaven. And pray those prayers together. That that here in Columbus, God's will would be done in Columbus as it is in heaven. center of the Lord's Prayer, we find this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. In the very middle of the prayer, we are reminded of God's goodness, of God's ability to provide and to care for us. At the beginning of the third century, Tertullian wrote these words about uh, God's provision for us. He says, With what exquisite choice has divine wisdom arranged the order of this prayer that after the matters which pertain to heaven, that is, after the name of God and the will of God and the kingdom of God, it should make a place for a petition for our earthly needs, too. For our Lord has taught us, Seek first the kingdom, and then these things shall be given you besides. However, we should rather understand, give us this day our daily bread in a spiritual sense. For Christ is our bread, because Christ is life, and the life is bread. I am, said he, the bread of life. And shortly before, the bread is the word of the living God, who hath come down from heaven. Then, because his body is considered to be in the bread, this is my body. Therefore, when we ask for our daily bread, we are asking to live forever in Christ, And to be inseparably united with his body. But since there is admitted also an interpretation of this phrase according to the flesh, it cannot be devoid of religious sense and spiritual instruction. Christ commands that we ask for bread, which for the faithful is the only thing necessary. For the pagans seek all other things. Thus, too, he impresses his teaching by examples. He instructs by parables, saying, for example, does a father take bread from his children and cast it to dogs? And again, if a son asks him for a loaf, will he hand him a stone? He indicates what children expect from their father. That caller too, who knocked on the door in the night, was asking for bread. Moreover, he has rightly added, Give us this day in view of what he had previously said. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, what you shall eat. To this idea, he also referred in the parable of that man who, when his crops were plentiful, laid plans for an addition to his barns, and had a long-range program of security, though he was destined to die that very night. For us to pray for daily bread, it's recognizing that, that we are not promised tomorrow, but that God wants to provide for us today. And not just our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs. We are praying for the daily filling of Christ in our lives when we pray for our daily bread.
1: Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned.
0: In our community, there are people who are hungry, who have food insecurity, who don't know where the next meal will come from, and who are living meal to meal. And there are even more people who are spiritually hungry, who are dying of spiritual hunger, who desperately need to know Christ, the bread of life. Amongst yourselves, have a conversation about what it would look like to feed our community and pray that God would make a way to bring fullness to those who are hungry here in Columbus.
2: Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand beside great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided Grace.
0: fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Here, Jesus reminds us of God's mercy and encourages us to reach out for God's mercy while reminding us that the mercy that we seek from God is a mercy that we are called to extend to one another. In the 3rd century, uh, Cyprian of Carthage wrote these words, "...how necessary, providential, and expedient it is for us to be reminded that we are sinners and must ask pardon for our sins. And while we ask for God's forgiveness, our minds retain an awareness of those sins, lest anyone become complacent and suffer the fate of flattering himself. He is instructed and reminded that he sins daily while he is ordered to ask pardon for his sins." Thus, John advises us in his epistle. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. In his epistle, there is a twofold connection. We must ask pardon for our sins and obtain forgiveness when we ask pardon. Moreover, he said that the Lord is faithful in pardoning sins and loyal to his promise. For he who taught us to ask forgiveness for our trespasses and sins promised paternal mercy and subsequent pardon. He added and clearly imparted a law that binds us by a definite condition and guarantee. We shall be pardoned for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Knowing that we cannot obtain pardon for our sins unless we give equal pardon to those who sin against us. In this regard, he says in another place, with what measure you measure, it shall be measured to you. And the servant who, after his every offense has been forgiven by the Lord, is unwilling to forgive his fellow servant, shall shall be sent to prison, because he was unwilling to pardon his fellow servant. He forfeited what the Lord had pardoned him. God's grace is immense. It is so great that not only does God not hold our sins against us, but he gives us the grace so that we can forgive those who sin against us. Because it's not something we manufacture on our own, but it is an extension of God's grace given to us.
1: Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. His righteousness is with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul.
0: In our community, there are people who are weighed down by the burden of their shame and by a lack of forgiveness for those who have hurt them in the past. In these moments, together in the car, pray for those who are burdened by shame and who cannot find the ability to forgive those who've hurt them in the past. Oui. Mm-hmm. Prayer by saying, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This prayer concludes with a recognition of God's faithfulness. Faithfulness not only in the age to come, but in the present age. At the beginning of the third century, Tertullian wrote these words. To complete the prayer which was so well arranged, Christ added that we should pray not only that our sins be forgiven, but that they be shunned completely. Lead us not into temptation, that is, do not allow us to be led by the tempter. God forbid that our Lord should seem to be the tempter as if he were not aware of one's faith or were eager to upset it. That weakness and, spiteful belong, and spitefulness belongs to the devil. For even in the case of Abraham, God had oft ordered the sacrifice of his son not to tempt his faith, but to prove it, that in him he might set forth an example for his precept, whereby he was later to teach that no one should hold his loved ones dearer than God. Christ himself was tempted by the devil and pointed out the subtle director of the temptation. This passage he confirms by his words to his apostles later when he says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. They were so tempted to desert their Lord because they had indulged in sleep rather than prayer. Therefore, the phrase which balances and interprets lead us not into temptation is but deliver us from evil. God desires that we would overcome evil In all its forms. That so much so, it's not only that we get to overcome evil, um, but that we will see his kingdom, which reigns forever, come to pass in our very midst.
1: Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore.
0: We now get to the end of our prayer van experience. My hope is that in this time you have experienced uh, the very presence of God as you have prayed with one another. Uh, Before you go, make sure you take time uh, to, with each person in the car, see what it is that they desire for God to do for them. And together, uh, covenant to be Uh, in prayer for one another, not just uh, today, but going forward into this new year. May God bless you.
3: pop Triumph through us, the prince of darkness, grim. We tread.